1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
0: Fall guy. That's Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because
2: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
0: now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read PG 13. Hey everybody, welcome back to New Orleans. We are down here by the modern Mississippi for the playoff drive brought to you by Byers Auto. This is the Uh, Hilton Riverwalk. The Buckeyes will be here shortly as they travel down from Columbus to New Orleans. This is the team hotel uh, for the Buckeyes. The Sugar Bowl is tomorrow night. It's finally here. Uh, You know, last test is done. Ohio State's getting ready to get on that plane, and that roster will be locked in. Uh, Both teams will be complete with their COVID testing. That availability report will be out tomorrow, but it does certainly seem like Ohio State is going to be uh, near full strength. Uh, the Big Ten changed those rules that might uh, have opened the door for several guys to return for the Buckeyes, uh, probably starting with Chris Olave uh, and Baron Browning, but we'll see closer to kickoff. But uh, Bermitt certainly is trending towards Ohio State getting pretty close to full power to play a team where they need to be.
2: Yeah, the coaches, uh, head, confer- head coach's press conference this morning, Ryan Day said it's a floating target this year as far as 100% availability, and it really is. They just don't know from today to tomorrow when it's going to happen. That's why you're not going to see that availability report until two hours before the game uh, tomorrow night. Um, you know, but really today was about coach speak um, <laughs> because it looked like both Dabo Swinney and Ryan Day were trying to say nothing today um, It in any way that would rile up the other side. There was a lot of mutual respect, a lot of we love Clemson, Clemson loves us, I love Dabo, Dabo loves me, whatever, man. They, the Buckeyes are uh, wanting to play this game very, very badly. It's great for the Buckeyes to have Olave back. We believe that Baron Browning will be back Um, at this point. You don't know what happens between now and then, but if you're going to play this game after everything all year, you don't want to come in here shorthanded.
1: Yeah, that's Berm. This is Spencer Holbrook. Uh, When we were going through that press conference uh, on Thursday morning, Spencer, all right, was there anything that's really juicy out of this because there's been so much back and forth and, and subtle shots and sign stealing from Ohio State's side accusing Clemson, Davo doing what he's doing with his poll. but this morning, as Berm said, there was not any of that. There was You could just tell that they're
0: ready to be done with all that the way this game. Berm said it best. Davo didn't say anything, and that's pretty much the headline because I kind of did expect him to give one more final little jab at Ohio State, but he didn't, and that, that's my main takeaway is he just even seems locked in when a guy like him can never seem to fully get locked in on just playing the game. Well, he has to, because he, I mean,
2: again, everyone's affected by COVID, right? So yesterday we're finishing up the playoff drive presented by Bowers Auto. yesterday. And then we learned that Tony Elliott, Clemson's offensive coordinator is yeah. not going to be here. So and that's things a big change. Deal. It's that's a big, a big deal. deal. So dabble better be focused, right?
1: I wonder how big I, I'll let you uh, evaluate that Spencer. I wonder how big of a deal it really is because if this happened, and it did happen for Ohio State uh, when Ryan Day was out, so much of it is collaborative. You've got these scripts and those buckets that Ohio State used for play calling. I have to imagine, I don't know the way Clemson operates their program intimately. I, I know that Dabo is not that hands-on as a play caller, uh, certainly not compared to Ryan Day. So maybe it's a bigger deal for Clemson than it would be for Ohio State. Uh, I don't know. I just have to assume that over the last two weeks, they had already done so much heavy lifting, like, we're going to call this in this situation. I know that there's also a rhythm to being a play caller and in adjustments. Maybe from that perspective, it's more – I'm, I'm having a hard time, I guess, figuring out how much significance to put on it.
0: The way I look at it is Ohio State had Kevin Wilson to fall back on, who is a very experienced, well-respected play caller, has done it at every level and has done it very well at multiple programs. He was able to step in and basically take over for Ryan Day and do exactly what he does. Right. And i'm not saying brandon streeter is is not that but he just isn't that and you know he's a former clemson quarterback he he knows their offense just as good as tony just as well as tony elliott does i'm sure but at the same time he's not a kevin wilson you're not going from ryan day to kevin wilson you're going from a very experienced play caller and a top head coaching candidate in the country to a quarterback's coach that really we haven't seen call plays before so i think where Ohio State had the rhythm down and Kevin Wilson was able to keep Ryan Day's pace and rhythm in the play calling. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that affects Clemson. I'm not saying it will, but that's interesting.
1: And that's definitely the word for it. We don't know how that's going to play out for Clemson. Um, It it goes without saying that they would not have signed up to do this in that game. That's the way 2020 works. They also have a veteran quarterback who's won, what, 34 games. He knows the offense inside out. I, I think you know that's a that's a different beast as well, that, that Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't need uh, Elliott to hold his hands.
2: Right, I mean, it, it, Trevor Lawrence is 34 of 35 in his career as a starting quarterback at Clemson. He knows the offense, as you said, in and out. It doesn't, it certainly affects other guys maybe, and I, uh, it's not like Trevor Lawrence is calling plays for Clemson, but he will have the ability to check in and out of things based on what he sees, and he's obviously good enough to be able to handle that, I think. I don't, I don't disagree at all with what Spencer said. In fact, you made a very, really good point about Kevin Wilson is, is someone that's done it for decades. Um, but I think that between Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence handling the majority of the offset, I think they'll be able to be okay. I don't think it's going to be a, a game-changing thing.
1: We talked earlier in the week about Justin Fields and his thumb, and everyone has kind of downplayed that, and not that it's not going to be an issue. I hope that when we're talking about the availability report for both Ohio State and Clemson, we know that that's an absence now with the coaching staff. That we get to see the teams at full strength and I know how hard that is to uh, request to make. And I hope that Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence both have an opportunity to do all the things that make them special so that we can see another classic battle between these two. It, it, there's just a, a strange vibe around all of this, which is the 2020 thing. You know, we've been walking around here in the French Quarter and down by the river, and there's just no people. And, Normally, these programs would get together or Ohio State would be here and there would be 50,000 people in Scarlet and Gray, even if they couldn't get in the building. Um, That part is just strange. We've gotten used to being in these stadiums that are empty, but it hasn't felt like a big game. Like Ohio State's still, they're not going to be here for a couple more hours. Yeah. That part is just weird. And I I hope that when the game arrives that they can make up for that and, and give us that that back at least to end it's this year on a higher note
0: it's new orleans on new year's eve and there's no one here it's just it's very wild to me it's it's been talked about all year
2: that these teams need to find ways to bring their own energy and to bring their own juice to the to the stadium and if ohio state versus clemson doesn't get the juice going for the Buckeyes, then there is really no hope that they're gonna get it, I think. I mean, this is, again, as we mentioned yesterday, almost ad nauseum. The entire reason that they've suffered through this last year is to get back to this opportunity to beat Clemson, to play Clemson. And yeah, absolutely. If either one of these teams isn't full strength, it's gonna kind of feel like we got shorted um, you know, from a just like what could have been perspective, but uh, I don't think the Buckeyes are in a position right now where they're worried about it. Yep. I think that they feel pretty good about what they're doing. We've got some insight into who's coming, who's not. Seems like things are going to be pretty, pretty good.
1: Who's, uh, who's the difference maker for you tomorrow night, Spencer?
0: I think it's Haskell Garrett. I'm going to go. I'm going to go right to the All American himself. He, when you talk about trying to stop a running quarterback, it starts with keeping him in the pocket. And when you talk about trying to stop a dynamic running back that has broken ACC record after ACC record, it starts in the middle. And I think he affects the game in so many ways where he can get the quarterback on the ground in the passing game. Trevor Lawrence is not an easy quarterback to bring down. He can stuff the run against anybody. I would take him against anybody in the middle of a defense. And he frees up guys on the outside like Jonathan Cooper and Tyreek Smith to get to the quarterback. I think he affects the game in so many different ways. He's so powerful, so strong. If he's successful, I think Ohio State can keep Clemson's offense at least, uh, you know, under wraps yeah. a little bit. And I think I think that's the key. If he's blocked well, then then Ohio State I think is really going to struggle. Fair.
2: I mean, outside of the obvious. Yes. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. rule number one. I mean, Justin Fields can't play like he did against Northwestern if the Buckeyes want to win. Right. So that's I think goes without saying. But to me, the guy that changes the game for Ohio State and. In, in, is a potential slower downer of Clemson (laughs) is Josh Proctor. I really think with the way that Clemson uses Amari Rogers, he's really their only receiving threat. They use him a lot out of the slot. Ohio State's been very um, fluid this year, trying to find someone to play that slot corner spot after losing Cameron Brown. Um, Proctor obviously athletically is the type of guy that should be able to do multiple things. He's also the guy we saw knock the Bleep out of uh, you know Wisconsin's quarterback yeah. last year, did the same thing uh, two weeks ago against Northwestern. He's the guy I think that can make a. When it comes to this game, you need playmakers, and the Buckeyes have a solid defense full of very consistent, reliable guys like Haskell Garrett, like Jonathan Cooper, like Tough Borland, Pete Warner. I think you have to have a game changer make a game-changing play, and Josh Proctor to me is the game changer. In the back half of the Buckeyes' defense, and I, whether it's an interception, whether it's knocking someone out of the game, yeah. whether it's whatever, I think that Josh Proctor is the guy that can deliver a momentum swing, one way or the other. Yeah. Because he's also the guy that could very easily slip and fall and let Trevor Run sh- run for a 67-yard touchdown. Yeah,
1: I think that this is a game. You know that I would have uh, gladly talked about Josh Proctor uh, a lot more, but I did that with uh, Zach Warren from his boat. Uh, on Buckeye Q uh, on Thursday morning. On the offensive side, if, if you're talking about Justin Fields playing his best, we know that Chris Olave is back uh, or expected to be back on Friday night. We know what that'll do for the passing game. Uh, you know, Him and Garrett Wilson are a handful for everybody, but you have to have time to throw. And if there's been one part, which is crazy, we're talking about the best guard in America, and I think the best center in America, Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis, there have been a couple times where the blitzes from the interior have gotten to Ohio State, I'm not pinning that solely on them. I don't. I'm not an offensive lineman. I know it's a difficult, difficult job and a different, difficult position. But that interior of the line is going to be in the spotlight. Yeah. And those two guys, uh, if you're going to prove that you're the best in America, that you're a potential, be worthy of a first-round draft pick, Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis are going to be. They're uh, going to have more on their shoulders in this game than they'll have in any other game, and and that's just a unit interior that I would be watching for Ohio State yeah, and Friday to
2: piggyback night. off that I think it's really important one thing that we probably haven't talked about enough is the loss of J.K. Dobbins as a pass blocker for Ohio State yeah. and we have seen Master T really struggle in that role we have not seen Trey Sermon been used to do that but Wisconsin who has given Ohio State a ton of trouble defensively the last couple times rushing up the middle yeah. Clemson did the same thing they're going to blitz in the middle of the defense they don't really spend you don't get to Justin Fields on the edge because he will outrun you yeah. Getting to him straight up the middle is the is the key, and I think that it's an important piece that we haven't really talked about. The Buckeyes' running backs are going to need to be able to step up and fill a hole.
0: Every time you talk about this game, there's a new thing to break down, a new matchup to dissect. I just once it's here, I think this all gets settled down. We just get to see them in between the lines. But both of those, when, when you're talking about going into Brent Venables' defense, I know Kirk Street loves to talk about a Brent Venables' defense. Brent Venables' defense. <laughs> It's true, though. Like, there are just some things that are too too good, not too yeah. important not to talk about. It's so good at creating pressure in ways that you didn't think were possible on the football field. Ohio State has to be ready for that. And I don't know how you prepare for it, but they have well, to. Well,
2: they prepare for it by re-watching that Indiana tape because Indiana blitzed more than any team I've ever seen. Great. And you, you have to be able to go back to that and look at it and say, okay, how did we fix this? How do we... Uh, you know, adjust to this in the second half because the Buckeyes got a lot better against that in the second half. The offense
0: struggled because I wonder if I wonder if Ohio State watched any of the. And this is kind of a different way to look at. It. I wonder if they watched any of the Boston College Clemson game because they I, do. Jeff Halfley does a lot of things similar to what Kerry Combs does, and they I had thought they did. Yeah, I would have had a lot of they had that they, they had a lot of success.
1: I would also wager significantly
0: that Jeff Halfley has been uh, on the phone potentially over the See, last that, couple weeks. That's important because Jeff Affleck's defense knows what to do against Clemson and, and know also... Or, I want to say this, though. They still gave up 40-some points. Sure. No, but in that first half, like they looked very good.
2: Yes, and Obviously, talent between Clemson and Boston College is so wide that you knew that they were eventually going to you know pass them in that game, but Jeff Hafley, much like Ryan Day, much like Kevin Wilson, much like every other guy that's going to be in this building, has been dreaming... About getting a chance to go against Clemson again, and I know he's been on the phone with Ryan Davis. Yeah,
1: um, we've reached uh, the point of playoff drive, uh, a full week where we're now talking about Boston <clears> College. <throat> so that Sorry. tells me I got it. It's time to wrap it up. This has been the latest playoff drive last we'll you by Bizar. That's Spencer Holbrook, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. It's one more day away. Happy New Year's to everybody who has been following along. We'll have another, uh, some more coverage coming your way, of course, before kickoff on Friday night uh, down here from New Orleans. This has been Playoff Drive, brought to you by Buyers Auto at Letterman yeah.